Hey, y'all. Welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores all of the ins and outs, challenges and opportunities that HR, people managers, and all people face at work every day. I am one of your co-hosts, Chaz Fields, and I'm, I'm with my, uh, what are you today? Are you Canadian today, Julie? Is that where you are? <laughs> my my temporary Canadian uh, co-host, Julie Devlin, they let me <laughs> into the country. Yes, every once in a while they let me into other countries, Chess. So yeah, apologies I'm still trying for to figure the, that out, by the way. Apologies for the poor video quality. Um, I failed at bringing my webcam. Um, I also failed at bringing my ring light. Um, so this is what you get, folks. Um, for those of you who are watching us, um, yes, I am in Nova Scotia. Oh, it's, it's pretty, but it's cold up there right now. It's really it's cold. cold right? Yes. And the thing is, it's great because I don't know how cold it is because they do the temperature in Celsius here. So right now my computer <laughs> says four degrees Celsius, which I know is not really four degrees. I have to do the math, which I, I don't do. So Google's for that's what Google's for. It's yeah. a, I, well, I'm glad sometimes hotel internet is not great. Like we've no. done this several times from different locations and we've had to re-record because of hotel internet being a little unstable. So yeah, bear with this it. Is, this is okay. I'm not, oh my gosh, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jules, yeah. tell me something good. All right, something good. So uh, during this trip, so it's interesting, Chaz, to, for, to get from Baltimore to Nova Scotia, which one would think would be easy. It's not. Um, I had to take a flight from Baltimore to Detroit, and then Detroit to Toronto, and then Toronto to Nova Scotia. So basically, I went in a circle to get here. But I had something yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's I, you cannot get a direct flight from Baltimore to what, Nova Scotia. What about DC? Why didn't you drive down to DC? Because that would require me to drive to DC. And for those of you, for those of you who <laughs> live fair. in I, I, in or near DC or have ever fair. driven in DC, you know that's that you'd fair. rather walk or swim to Nova Scotia <laughs> than have to drive to DC. It's to so true. Especially However, going Chaz, north to south. Sorry, Chaz, Go you got you got to hear this. This is great. So yesterday, okay. I'm sitting in the Detroit airport, um, and I'm sitting at my gate. Um, and I, I don't think I should name said airline, even though this is a positive story. Yep. Um, however, I were sitting at the gate and all of a sudden somebody wheels up this huge tray of food. I mean, huge, like all sorts of snacks, candy, drinks, yep. what this, that, and the other. So we're all like, what's going on? So it sits there for a few minutes and then somebody gets on a loudspeaker <laughs> at our gate and they're like, Congratulations, your gate's been chosen to get this free food. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> Airlines are going to give us free stuff? So they're basically like, yeah, congratulations. This is our customer satisfaction. Appreciation. Appreciation, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay, uh, cool. So <laughs> people get up and they start just pillaging. That's you know? awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it was like a lot of food. It was like like full size candy, like wow. it's stuff that you would get in the store at the airport for like four or five dollars. <laughs> so it was very nice, is what I'm saying. So I've seen that on the flip side where gates continue to delay, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And delay and delay and delay, uh, especially during COVID, because I did travel a little bit during COVID, that they would wheel 
that food out. So it's good to hear that the positive side, you know, but they're also feeding yeah. people. Like, let's be real. Everyone's happier when their belly's full, especially oh. with candy. Like, well, I uh, come on, like well, sign it me was up. More, it was more like we were all looking at each other, like an airline's going to give us something free. Like that's not normal, you know, Yeah, which may be a problem in a whole episode on its own. Um, <laughs> but, but it was great. So that's my something good. Um, also that I'm also that I'm in Nova Scotia and I absolutely love Canada. Yeah, it's gorgeous up there. It's it's gorgeous up there. So uh, something good for me is I am not traveling for a little while, which is kind of nice. So um, we're getting ready to take a vacation. And I think we've shared this before, but, you know, with our job and speaking season, um, we, we usually get a lull. And mm-hmm. I'm taking advantage of that lull and me and my entire family amongst my in-laws and my mom and dad and some family friends, we're all going on a, a vacation on a, on a cruise. So we're oh. really looking forward to that. I, yeah, I got to get out to Texas. It's below 50. So I, it's cold. Oh, I got to get gosh. out. <laughs> for, the, for those of you who live in cold weather climates, go ahead and throw things at your computer screen. At yeah. Chess. Like, yeah, I grew, um, I grew up in a cold climate. Right. So, but yeah. I, I, I moved to the South and, and everybody, all my buddies who live back home, they give me a hard time from it and what's unfortunate is like well you you were acting like it's so stinking cold and i'm like y'all do one summer in texas and tell me that you're not cold when it gets below 50 like just that's that's it that's all it's definitely chilly yesterday especially when i got off the plane at like my second leg in third leg i don't know in toronto um we we had to walk through the the, on the tarmac it was a little chilly but anyway Chaz, that's not why people are here although maybe i I think people do like to hear our little (laughs) anthodotal we do need to do a trip we do need to do a travel tell me tell me yeah tell me the business side of the day Chaz. all right so to preface this episode this is going to be a little bit different now granted we will talk about how we would apply some things and and what we would do but the workforce institute just did a new study now this study is uh entitled we need to fix work we can fix work and with this study i'm looking at it right here uh we surveyed a large amount of people across the globe and we're going to share some stats today. We're going to share, you know, different things from this study to hopefully intrigue you a little bit to start thinking about what work will be like uh, in 2030. I know that seems like a long time away, but let's be real. Let's look at back not- at the last year. Let's look back at the last year. I had this moment of, holy cow, it's it's November. Like it's November. We're in November already. <laughs> you know, That's a so, really good observation, um, Jazz. <laughs> Gonna be one of those episodes today, isn't it, Julie? Yes, sir. Um, so, <laughs> sir, that's my father. All right. So, here's the deal: the opening business stat of the day, and we'll share other stats. Half of workers from the research that the Workforce Institute just released, half of workers wouldn't want their children to have their job. Half. Now, half. So let me let me preface this with uh, this was leadership or in people manager roles. And what makes that compelling is that these are folks that have, I mean, some tenure, right? There's some tenure that goes with that. And half of them said that they wouldn't want their children to have their job. Jules, first thoughts. All right. So my first thought is this, <laughs> and this is where my mind went. So, you know, Chaz, I'm just going to bring this vent. up. Vent. Yeah. No, not yeah. really vent, yeah, yeah. but this is where my mind went. My mind went, I wonder what this number would have been three years ago. Okay. Pre pre COVID. That was my okay. first thought. But my second thought is that doesn't matter because this is where we are. Um, so, okay. So half of employ- workers wouldn't want their children to have their job. I think it's subjective. And I think it's, 
circumstantial, of course. Okay. Um, what kind of job do you have? What kind of job stability do you have? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, are you in a field where uh, you, you, it's safe uh, physically and psychologically? Um, all of those things. I think that that's, that's tough, though, to hear that, that folks would not want their children to have their job. And the, the answer or the question becomes, well, why? And if so, why are you still in that job? Now, Chaz, you know, I know you have a a child. Um, Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on it? It's really interesting that you bring that up because I, I, to me, I also think it's about perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's, let's say COVID happened or doesn't happen. I still think it's about perspective and I'll share more stats around that. But when I think about my family and my kid. Okay. So we, everybody knows that we travel a lot. We say that on almost every episode, you know, heck we've filmed half of them in hotel rooms and I'm pretty sure he thinks I'm a pilot because it's like, Oh, daddy's got to go on a big airplane. Yes, son, I have to go on a big airplane, but that's not actually what I do. And, um, you know, and, and my wife travels, right? So we, we balance it, we figure it out. And, I think about how that's going to shape his mind and view of work often because mm-hmm. when we're home, I'm working from home, right? Mm-hmm. So like tomorrow we're, we're going to go up to the lake and he's going to see Lindsay and I working from there and he's going to be running around like a, you know, like a madman because he loves the lake, but he sees us working and we're working from home. And then mm-hmm. when we're gone, he doesn't really understand that yet. And even as he becomes um, of age to understand more and more and more, what do you think his perspective is going to be of work? Oh, well, maybe I can work remote full time or maybe I can go, you know, and work in other places mm-hmm. all of the time. Right. So that bears a lot of responsibility, not only as a parent, but I also think for our business leaders and our HR leaders that are listening. And the reason I say that is it is our responsibility to also communicate a level of expectations that say, hey, look, buddy, not everybody gets to work from home or not everybody right. gets to travel like we travel or go to the places that we do. I mean, Julie, you know this about me. I was blue collar worker race. Like I was a frontline employee, you know, Mm -hmm. before I I pursued more, um, you know, down my career and education path. So it is now my, you know, responsibility to say, Hey buddy, you know, you may have to go to an office every day if you choose this company or broaden the conversation to say, Hey, if you're going to go down this education path, know that the outcome is you're going to go to an office or you're going to go to a facility or you may not get to work um, remote full time. So that's where half of workers wouldn't recommend their job. I would absolutely recommend my job to anybody who has the credentials and the, and the time and the effort that they want to put into it. But I also, that comes along with company culture. I can mm-hmm. tell you when I say something, I would love to hear your story because I know I it's, I, something. I can tell. And I, and I know there's a different side. Yeah, to there this. is. Uh, there give is. me your perspective. Yeah, well, your I think you would probably agree. You and I, we weren't raised with a view of work that looks anything like the way that we work today. That's right. That's right. I mean, you know, you and the blue collar, I was not raised in a blue collar household. However, um, you know, my dad did have jobs where, Mm-hmm. He would have to go into an office. He also had jobs where he would travel. On the flip mm-hmm. side, for a large majority of my childhood, my mom didn't work because that was the role back then. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, right. dating myself, right? But um, 
it's and and I think that it definitely did shape my view of work mm-hmm. it, when I was younger and the first job that I took. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even think that remote work was even a possibility ever for me. Right. Um, and I think part of that is based on the way that we were raised. You know, here's you, you mentioned a few things in what you said um, that I think would be interesting for our listeners. If you think about if you have children or if you have children around you, you know, what did they see with your right. work? What are, right. what are you showing them? Are you coming home stressed? You know, are you stressed at home because of it? Uh, working from home, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, how I think all of us in some weird way, gosh, do we play a responsibility? Do we have a responsibility and do we play a role in helping to shape the future of work for kids for the next I, generation of workers? No, I, I absolutely think that we do. And that, that brings up a really good point. Even more stats from this survey, 76% of employees from the survey, by the way, 600 C-level executives, um, you know, responded to this survey globally. Um, 76% of employees have increased expectations um, for how their company supports them. Hmm. And this goes back to where I, I actually wrote um, something way back, like early, early COVID. It was like my second blog that I wrote, you know, when COVID struck mm-hmm. was have a good old fashioned, take your kid to work day when you were hybrid, like when you were remote, when companies went remote overnight. So we can teach the next generation on what work you know, could or should be like over the course of time. Now, it was a very, very stressful time. It still is a stressful time for many. But when I think about the 76% of employee stat that has increased the expectations of how the company supports them, I have this moment of that makes sense, right? Like you talk about you're bringing your authentic self to work. And now the hybrid model is is going to be here forever. I don't think Mm -hmm. hybrid work will ever go away. So- for us, we were, for lack of a better term, conditioned that what we do today was not realistic. So am I limiting or I don't think my parents limited my my dreams at all, but I wish I would have known, hey, travel jobs were real or hybrid work is real or remote work is real. To this day, to this day, my dad still has trouble understanding <laughs> my work in terms of the times that I work, the, the mm-hmm. days that I work, mm-hmm. you know, weekends don't matter here. You know, I mean, right. obviously, you know, UKG never requires this, right? But right. the nature of our job sometimes requires us to work on weekends or to travel on weekends. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not that my dad doesn't understand that I have to do that. It's just he still has that antiquated or it's not even, it's not, it's antiquated based on today's standard, but to his standards, right. it's not. Right. But, th- but Chaz, something we have to remember, there are still a lot of people that do work a standard schedule. Right. They still have to clock in at eight and clock out at five, clock in right. at nine, clock out at six, work the overnight shift, right? Mm-hmm. There, I think sometimes we struggle with in- being inclusive in terms of our thought process with the mm-hmm. kinds of workers that are out there, because it really does run the gamut. And we have to make sure that we're looking at all scenarios in our workplace, not just the white collar, not just the blue collar, not right. just the gray collar, all of the scenarios. Yeah, you're right. So from this survey too, the, there's 70% of people um, are rethinking the qualities they look for in an employer. You know yeah. what that rings a bell with me? Culture strategy. Culture strategy, and I, I said this, and, and I'll, I'll say it again: culture is the new currency for loyalty. 
right? And I, I firmly believe that. And the reason I say that is if if we know that people are looking for the company to support them in more meaningful ways to help them find their purpose or meaning within the work that they do, by the way, work takes up a massive portion of our life. That's a large responsibility for employers, especially mm-hmm. in a tight labor market. So then when you think the qualities, right, what qualities, I'll put you on the spot here, what qualities do you look for in an employer, right? And I, it, 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 while you're thinking about that, let me finish my statement. While you're thinking about that, these are things that weren't necessarily always discussed three, four, five years ago. It was, I need a job. I want to figure out how my skills fit within that job. And I'll make the rest work, right? I'll go to the office. I'll commute 40 miles, I'll whatever that looks like. We're now in this place of, okay, we need to really rethink the type of people that we want to attract and retain. And to do so, we've got to build a culture. We've got to build a hybrid model. We've got to do things that meet employees where they're at and exceed their expectations as the expectations lift. What are some of the things that you look for quality-wise in an employer, Jules? Some of the things that I look for, I would say now versus pre-COVID, and we have sure. to talk about things in that way, you, are are based upon the things that have been exposed about workplaces over the past three plus years, however long it's been. I don't even know how long it's been at this point. But, you know. It's a blur. It, yeah, it, it, it is a blur. Yeah. Um, but, um so many things have been exposed um, and the negative things have really have been exposed, positive things too. So it's based upon those characteristics. So obviously organizations that prioritize mental health um, yep. and prioritize uh, the type of work that doesn't promote burnout um, and organizations that prioritize managers in terms mm-hmm. of training them and making sure that they're, you know, up to par in terms of the organizational objectives and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, so in terms of the qualities that folks look for in an employer, again, I think a lot of that is based on where they are in life, yeah. but I will say it's way more than money. Um, You're right. And in fact, this study shows that because I'm just going to list off three stats. Today's global workforce would also tell their children to pursue work, pursue, wow, uh, pursue work that gives them time to care for their family, um, time to care for and spend with family. 41% of respondents said that. So people want time back. People want Mm -hmm. flexibility, which I know we've been preaching about for, man, however long. They want flexibility or, or, hey, look, I was just having a conversation with um, some family friends last night. I had them over for dinner and they wanted to ask us about UKG and um, the company that this individual works for. um, the, The culture of this organization has a lot of great things that go with it. On the flip side, um, you know, being a mom in this workplace is not realistic. Mm. I mean, it's just not realistic. And, and, and the company never says it outright, but the writing's on the wall, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when you have somebody who has a family or is trying to family plan, mm-hmm. They're, go- they're really good at their job, by the way. They're a highly compensated employee. They're really good at their job and they are desired to be, you know, the company wants to keep them, but they're not willing to change the culture. And we're proving yeah. it here with the stat, right? So, I mean, that um, also tells me that they don't value women as much as they should. Uh, exactly. Um, yeah. And that was, yeah. and that was her statement. That was her statement. And, and 
that's just the way that the company culture is, right? Um, yeah. The other piece, today's global workforce would also tell their children to pursue work that gives them a feeling of fulfillment. 39% of respondents said that. Mm-hmm. And then 30% said a successful career path. I want to talk about that one for just a second. Only 30% said that they you know, want, are telling their children to pursue work that gives them a successful career path. I would have loved to have seen that stat five years ago because it was all about, and I think about the loyalty of, of our parents. I think about your loyalty, right? 17 years, same job, same company, right? And now you have um, almost a third of people saying, you know what? You're going to, you're probably going to change a little bit over the course of time and that's okay. Yeah, Does well, the stats, yeah, the stats say that folks, I, it was something like seven different career change with today's gen, or career uh, or organizational changes with today's generation. That was um, my generation. Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, I, I, I know, yeah, but see, here's the problem or not problem. Here's the thing. Like you find a good company, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to leave. That's isn't right. that, isn't that the whole point it's not mm-hmm. that it's not that the com- it's not that you don't want to grow it's that you want to grow with the organization that you love that's right the organization that loves you back i mean it's or cares about you or sh- it's the culture it, they show that they care about you as an employee ah it's, it's it, it i don't want to say it drives me nuts but like at the core chaz it's so simple it, it, it companies really is. don't get it It really is. And the idea of underselling your company culture cannot be stated enough. Like people who undersell their company culture lose out on a lot of good people. I actually had a colleague of mine, um, ours, I guess, he said, you way undersold how great of a place this is. Mm. And, and, and also like, that's where it gets difficult, right? Because you have to set expectations, you know, when, when you have a friend or, or someone that you refer that, you know, that would be a good fit, to set expectations of like, Hey, we work here. Yeah. It's really great. We also work here, you know, and, right. and people see the, the, see a lot of the great things that UKG does. And then of course this individual got the job and, and he was like, you really undersold the culture of this place. And I'm like, well, I, I live it every day. So I did, maybe I need to be better about how to sell the culture, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so it does matter because now that he's in his job and he's thriving in his job, he recognizes that the company sees him as a person first. Mm-hmm. And that was not the case in his former role at all. Yeah. Like he was, he was a number. So to, to say what you said, to love someone and, and feel the love back, that is 100% truth. Yeah. Um, It's also about what people say about your organization when it's when when talking to people who are outside of your organization. I had something happen to me yesterday. Actually, I had a friend who owns a business uh, who mm -hmm. texted me yesterday and she said, we have a UKG employee working for us now. I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, we have a UKG employee. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you know, he's got this passion on the side and he decided he wanted to come and work uh, part time, you know, in addition to his full time job at UKG. And I was and he said and she said, um, you know, he said that it's such a great place to work. And he goes, and I heard something great about your benefits. So I was like, yeah, you know, this is what but this is what this is what people are doing. Yep. Right. Yep. So not all, here, here's here's something that is you need to consider as well. Just by that conversation, 
that small business now has to step their game up to retain that employee. For someone's side hustle. Yep. Exactly. Because, yep. because they have to, if they don't meet expectations, that employee yep. then knows what they're missing. Yep. Right. And yep. I, yeah, I, I, there's, there's so many considerations, but I mean, this study is, is just fascinating. And I think mm-hmm. uh, for the, for the listeners, please definitely visit uh, workforceinstitute.org and shout out to Dr. Chris Mullen um, and yep. his whole team, team. Um, for putting this together. Um, and, you know, there's, there's lots of different um, uh publications and, and I'm sure webinars and speeches that will be done regarding this survey. Um, yeah. So I want to do one more question, Jules, before we mm-hmm. close it out, we'll go a little bit longer here. Uh, and the survey actually posts this, the study posts this, what's more important, a good salary or meaningful work? Now think about that. And I'm going to share some salary and then we're going to comment and then we'll close it out. So uh, 52%. <laughs> of employees around the world would tell their children that meaningful work is extremely important compared to 50% that would say the same about salary. Here's the difference. Most people today describe themselves as money driven, but Mm -hmm. 74% of hope future generations do things differently and commit to pursuing a profession that is meaningful to them. Mm. I think that's really interesting because it's a delicate balance, right? Let me let me ask you this, and 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 this is all hypothetical, mm-hmm. right? It's all hypothetical. You know, you have half of people saying that mean, you need to do meaningful work; it is extremely important, and the other half, or fifty percent, would say, you know what, salary is really really important too. Absolutely, we get the purpose of money here. The question becomes, what is meaningful to that individual, mm-hmm. right? That could be money, right? That could be money. And if if you really have to put into perspective, what is the price that you are willing to move a job for doing something that may be less meaningful? And this, I think, is where we get into, and correct me if I'm wrong, you get into start compensation planning and career pathing and succession planning. I think that's a really good question that you can ask or survey people to understand, hey, look, you're doing a great job. I want to know what's more important, meaningful work, salary, maybe a little of both. And are we meeting some of those expectations? What do you have? Yeah. Are we meeting? How do we meet those expectations? What can we do? What can we do better? You know, those kind of things. So it's, I mean, gosh, it all just boils down to communication and making sure that we're Mm -hmm. talking to our people and asking them what it is that they're looking for and what it is that we're providing and what it is we're not providing. So, um, yeah. So Chaz, we're getting long here. What, what was, what did you find your purpose in today? Man, this study is so good. It's so yeah. eye-opening and I think about it. I would say I would say we really are moving into my my purpose, I guess, or what I found purpose in today was we're we're finding people becoming more self-aware about the work that they're doing and they really want to help shape the future generations in a positive way. And this study brings a lot of different components that that will help that. Jules, mm-hmm. what did you find your purpose in? So my purpose today is saying that I want you to find your purpose by knowing these trends, by looking at these trends and understanding that these are the things coming down the pike. I always talk about how HR and business professionals need to look, have a future focus, Mm -hmm. uh, forward looking focus. This Mm -hmm. is one way to do that. 
Mm-hmm. So. I appreciate it, Jules. Hey, before yeah. we go, a few reminders. Hey, go rate us, please. It yes. helps us. Go rate us. Give us the stars. Give us the comments. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe. Use the hashtag PeoplePurposePod on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Also, be sure to check out this study and blogs and research from the Workforce Institute at UKG by visiting Workforce Institute. Org. Chaz, I'm not mad. I'm not mad that you did the opening and closing. It's fine. Well, I uh, that's a whole nother sidebar. <laughs> All right. and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna air out the laundry. Okay. All right. I just want the listeners to know. I just want the listeners to know that I would have killed that closing, and I would have done such a great job on it. But but Chaz, I had the planning you, document. But yeah. you did. You did. A, you did a great job. So. I can read. I can I, read. This I, is great. Know, I know. Um, Julie, that wraps us up. Good luck in your talk today in Nova Thanks. Scotia. Safe travels. Thanks, uh, Chaz. We appreciate everybody listening. Cheers, y'all. Bye. 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 Thank you.